like it's funny, you know? Stuart Huff, you uh, are from the South. How has growing up and living in the South, how has it shaped your worldview, do you think? Uh, I think I was uh, many, many different ways. Growing up in Kentucky and Tennessee, um, I, I don't know exactly where this came from, but in my head, the South was the dumb part. You know, that's where... Maybe it's the stereotype of the South, the cartoons I watched with hillbillies dancing around with moonshine jugs and stuff. The way the South is portrayed is that's the dumb section. So I thought, oh, as soon as I get out of here, you know, uh, I'll go to New England and I'll be around colleges with ivy growing all over them and everything. And it's not that way. And traveling all over the country has been a huge mind opener. And, um, you know, there there are some amazing people in the South, and there's some idiots in ivy-covered colleges in New England, you know. So, but growing up in the South, I think it gave me a storytelling perspective. That's something that we're, we're uh, I think, correctly noted for. Storytelling, my whole family is, is that way. And it, it's also, I've seen the aggression, you know, which is everywhere. But in the South, it seems to be, even now, I admit that. In the South, it seems to be there's everything that's happened to me on stage, off stage, that has been violent has happened in the South, unfortunately. I hate to say that, but it's true, you know. There's an interesting feeling in the South where, you know, if you're not one of them, then, you know, there's something wrong. And there's a tension there, you know. And I also feel it from the opposite point of view where, I'll go up on stage and say, how y'all doing in, you know, in Georgia, in, the, in a small town in Georgia, and they automatically, there's a feeling of, oh, yeah, he's one of us, mm-hmm. kind of feeling. And then when I, 10 minutes into it, when I start talking and they realize a lot of them don't agree with what I'm saying, then they, there's a feeling of betrayal. Like, it's not just that they don't agree with me politically. I've betrayed them. I've lied to them because I'm, I have a Southern accent and I don't agree we don't agree politically. It's a strange feeling. How does that shape your comedy act then? What it has done, which I think is a great thing, is I don't want to upset people, and I don't want to stand up on stage and say, I'm right and you're wrong. That's not, I have no interest in that type of delivery. What I want to do is bring up something and have people listen, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but bring up curious points and interesting tidbits or whatever. And that's what I want. Uh, so I have to reach out. I have to listen to them and, and figure out a way verbally to where, where do we connect. So it forces me to uh, work harder at, at connecting with people. Like a guy said to me after the show last night, he said, uh, you and I are not on the same side politically, but I, I like the way you presented that. You gave me some stuff to think about. And I thought, wow, I mean, that's, that's a victory right there, you know? I'm on stage, and I made some supportive remarks about the transgender community in North Carolina, right? The HB2 thing, some supportive remarks. Dude comes up to me after the show, not a happy man. Not a happy man at all. He comes up and he goes, look here, <laughs> Jesus Christ does not believe in transgender people. That's what he said. In my head, I was thinking, holy I've met Jesus' interpreter. 
Your comedy does have sort of a political side to it. Do you intend it to be political or does it just become political because everything seems to become politicized these days? If you're going to tell a funny story about something that happened to you as a kid, then you can not you can be non-political about it. But if you're going to talk about anything that is going on, anything that's happening, then it's, you're going to come down on one side or the other, even if you try not to. It's very hard, especially like you said nowadays, to to make a point about anything without someone sniffing out what side you're on. Um, so I don't try to hide it, but I, I definitely don't try to claim that you know that I'm right. Uh, I'm smart, and someone else is dumb. I, that's not the political angle I want to take. I want to dig deeper than that and analyze my own beliefs, and then uh, figure out a way to present the material to where even if if we don't agree, maybe I made it. Maybe I came up with an interesting point. So the question you and I are going to attempt to answer tonight is this. How do you go from that level of curiosity, that level of bliss, to thinking you know the thoughts of Jesus Christ? <laughs> How does the human mind close? You know, if you're going to do comedy in, in this way, you're going to bring up challenging points on either side of the fence, politically or or whatever, then you are going to, people are going to let you know. And uh, it's kind of, in, in, a, in a strange way, it's kind of uh, proving the point of the show, you know. And I had a guy in Arkansas throw a flip-flop at me. A flip-flop, you said? Yeah, <laughs> threw a flip-flop at me. Yeah. And, you know, and now uh, that, so I've had two flip-flops thrown at me in my career. <laughs> I kept both of them, both the flip-flops that had been thrown at me. I kept them, refused to give them back, and now they're hanging on my wall <laughs> at my house. <laughs> Is it at least one right one and one left one so you can, you know, <laughs> wear them proudly or something? That did occur to me, too, because they're not hanging in the same spot. They're not hanging side by side. So I thought, oh, I could wear them. And then I realized they're both right feet. So. <laughs> in your show, you're talking about opening people's minds are you or how people's minds close are you hoping to open people's minds with your comedy i don't know if comedy has the power to do that i i kind of doubt it but I, but what i do think is that any words anything at all uh, comedy included has the ability to cause a ripple and that could turn into something down the line so that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make in this show is at one point we were all so curious and open-minded and I don't think that's changed. I just think at some point some human beings just decide that they know everything and that's, that's an incredibly dangerous and in my opinion, incorrect position to be in, you know? Well, evidence does not change a closed mind. It just pisses it off. <laughs> That's all it does. When did you start working on this this new act? Uh, this one has taken about two years okay. to write. Uh, the, the hardest obstacle has been, I have a lot of historical um, examples of historical closed-minded killings and, and executions and stuff, and that is hard to make funny. 
So that was the hardest part of this, is finding out how to get this information out of uh, out of my mouth and, and into people's heads and still make them want to laugh at it. And still, you know, one out of every ten shows, it's just too sad and people don't laugh. And, you know, so I've been working on that for two years, you know. Mm-hmm. To, get, to make a crowd laugh, I, you need to give them all the information that they need in a very concise way and make it clear also. And then uh, find out where the hypocrisy is and, you know, where's the laugh in that, you know? So you've been working on this show for two years now. I suppose it's become even more and more relevant politically as it's been developed, uh, has anything changed in it uh, since November? It changed it in odd ways, where people that would traditionally like this show were disappointed because they came out to see me trash Trump. That's what they want to hear right now. They, They just want, and I understand it, they just want someone to just tear him apart and we can all laugh and then go home. And this show is not doing that. This show is is talking about another thing, you know? And so I've had to deal with that lately. And I don't know exactly how to deal with it, but that's what's been going on with it. But I think it, it might be the only time in my entire life where I was actually, I hit it right on the, the head. Oscar Wilde said, if you're going to tell people the truth, you better make them laugh, or they'll kill you. Do you prefer doing your show uh, to an audience that is more closed-minded or an audience that is more open-minded and thinks more like you? So would you rather uh, do a show in the middle of Alabama or perhaps a very to a very receptive audience like uh, in Bloomington, which is strongly uh, liberal? Uh, I would not want to do either one of those exclusively. Hmm. If 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 I was only performing in front of people that, that thought like me, I think that I would get bored. And uh, I think performing in front of resistance sharpens me as a comedian. It's made me a better thinker and writer. I've had to challenge myself. It It forces me to work harder. I go into those type of shows. If I'm doing a show in the middle of Alabama in a bar, is I have a whole different set of rewards. Are my goal is to perform the material as best as I can in these situations and hope that somebody likes it. I, you know, and and occasionally I do win in against the odds, and that that is the best show. That is better than going up and having people just love what you're saying and agree with you. That's a great feeling, and it's mostly ego. Um, But when you go in and win in a situation that you shouldn't have, then it just feels amazing. So I think I'd want, I want both of them. I want both of those things. If you answer a question and you do not know all the facts that are involved, that's called a guess. And if you arbitrarily decide that your guess is a truth, that's called delusional. <laughs> and that is when you walk up to a comedian after a show and say, Jesus Christ does not believe in transgender people. <laughs>